Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to show number 353 from Engage for Success. I'm today's host. I'm Joe Moffat, uh, founder and managing director of Woodread. And regular listeners will know that uh, what we do is work inside organizations, but applying the brand thinking and the techniques and creativity of marketeers and uh, the advertising world. And we bring that inside an organization to engage people and, and create high performing cultures. So today's topic is one. That, that absolutely strikes a chord with me because we're going to be talking about how consumer trends are impacting employee behaviours, very much bringing the outside in. And to help us navigate that topic, I'm very pleased to welcome two uh, leading thinkers in this area. So we've got Lisa Pantelli, who is Head of Content and Community at Simply Communicate, and Mark Wright, who is founder of Simply Communicate. And they're going to be sharing with us uh, their latest research that looks at these areas. And, And we can be drawing from that Um, the lessons that uh, we can apply inside our organizations with regards to um, internal communication and employee engagement. So welcome to the show, Lisa and and Mark. It's uh, it's good to have you here. Good to be here. Um, Could we we just, first of all, um, ask you just to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Can we just start with you, Lisa, first? Just give us a, a quick potted bio of you. Sure. Hi, Dave. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having us on today. Um, So as you quite rightly said I'm head of content and community for Simply Communicate and I've been in post since the beginning of this year Uh, but my background is I've spent the last 10-ish years I've I've lost count after a certain period of time um, running and managing (laughs) you do uh, running and managing employee engagement and change uh, communications programs so formerly I was head of employee engagement and change at global consultancy Weber Shamwick and since Mm -hmm. then I've been sort of running on my own and working closely with Mark for a couple of years, actually, and before we, we kind of came together early this year, um, we took off the role. Okay, lovely. And, um, and Mark, how about you? I know you're, you're um, perhaps you could sort of combine the two and, and just give us a little bit of background about you, but also just tell us a little bit about who Simply Communicate are, what, where, you know, where your specialism lies. Yeah, indeed. Thank you. I think we were formed by accident, really, because back in 2005, I'd, uh, I'd earlier sold my agency, um, MCA Live, to WPP. And when you, you know, when you sell your company, you're not allowed to go back into running a consultancy. And so I thought, well, what am I going to do? And so in 2005, I thought, hmm, tell you what I'll do. It seems like uh, the Internet's a good place to publish stuff because it's very cheap to do that. And, um, and that's what we did. So, we, so Simply Communicate started off. Um, as a community, as a sort of news feed and community for people working specifically in internal communications. Um, and then we just never gave it up, you know, <laughs> just carried on doing it. And now we've got 7,000 readers and, uh, uh, you know, two major events a year. Um, uh-huh. And, yeah, it's just kind of grown and grown. I can't stop it, really. Excellent. And it's interesting. So, um I mean, your, your, your major events you were talking about, I, I had the pleasure to, to go to the last one. I say go to the last one in, in inverted commas because it was, you had Virtually. to radically re, reorientate it and re-engineer the whole thing at the last minute, didn't you, to turn it into a, a virtual event. So that must have been, uh, that must have been a challenge. 
Yeah, we did that in three weeks. That was interesting yeah. times. But uh, Lisa and her team did a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, what was good about it is it meant that people could come to the event who couldn't come before. So we had a, we have a lot of readers in North America, and they were able to attend the event. And mm-hmm. uh, rarely can they, they fly across the pond to actually come to London to, to, to of, see the, of course, the event. Of course. So, so do you see yourself um, simply communicate? You've explained where you began. Um, do you see yourself still very much as the provider of content and insight for the community? Or are you, do you actively consult as well? Where, where, what's the balance? Well, we do both, but let me ask Lisa to come in here because she's head of content, so this is her job. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we, we, there's a number of hats that we wear, but ultimately what we're all about is bringing together people who are passionate about communications through the power of effective technology for better business results. So we sit firmly in between communications, technology, and, and, and culture, and we offer it to make sure that we help our readers and followers with the best um, opportunity possible. We offer uh, an exclusive community, which is online, which we've recently relaunched. And we've got members there from Australia through to North America, as, as Mark said. Um, but we also have a consulting advisory arm as well. So uh, we do practice what we preach too. But I think we're, we're a team that are built on expertise and experience. So it makes sense for us to help where we can. Okay. And the million-dollar question, I guess, do you, do, you, you, do you practice what you preach with your own people internally? <laughs> oh, yeah, very much so. so <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just during COVID, um, it's been really interesting because obviously we haven't been going into the office since uh, mm. the end of March. And uh, we have a um, three times a week uh, daily stand-up where we talk about everything that's going on. Uh, across uh-huh. the different parts of the Simply Business. And that's probably three times more than we used to when we were in the office. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think, it, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to this in a moment, but certainly one of the big phenomenal changes I think that we've seen in the last few months has been this realisation that actually you can't, you can't communicate too much and, and, you know, there's been a real stepping up, hasn't there, in terms of people's um, ability and quality of the communication that they've, they've put out to their people yeah, and, and the way that they've allowed people to communicate back in as well. Absolutely, and we're hearing that quite frequently from our members. So a big part of my role is really listening and talking and getting to know our members to make sure that they've got what they need. And I'm hearing the phrase um, of what, what as, an, as an output of COVID is the de- democratisation of communications. Because when okay. you're in a room, um, and I do a lot, I've been doing lots of virtual workshops recently, you know, there's always a few people who speak up uh, louder than perhaps others. Whereas yes being more virtual it allows those who perhaps aren't confident to speak up in a face-to-face environment to listen reflect and take the opportunity to speak when they feel that they can do and um, so it's really sort of honed on on those, that, that ability to listen and better understand who our who our people and colleagues are um, and as mark said i think it's we've come together really strongly as a team the last three four months because we've we've had to sort of be nimble and agile and think differently about how we're doing things because uh, the old ways as we know don't work anymore no no absolutely and i think many would be saying yeah yes and and we've seen haven't we i mean goodness me as a profession the internal comms profession has absolutely not only um they've had to grow incredibly broad shoulders in the last few months and really step up and take on 
phenomenal workloads in in many respects and and they've been relied upon to a great extent and 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 become real sort of um trusted counselors in many respects haven't they and i think it's been a whilst you know it's not been a great clearly there's been some really bad things happening in the last few months of course but there has actually been some some positives that we can take out of that. And I think one of them has been that internal comms has had an opportunity to really shine. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, we've often been asking for our place at the table. Well, you earn your place oh. at the table. And oh. during this crisis, good heavens, uh, we've been earning our place at the table because you can't just go along and then say, well, I'll come back to you in a week with, <laughs> with a report <laughs> no. on that. You know, you have to look the CEO in the eye, um, well, in the Zoom eye, I suppose, and, and, yes. and give them very, very good advice at, you know, yes. at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's you know, really fascinating. Hats environment. Sorry, Lisa, I missed you there. So, so to think hats off to everyone who's working in this environment at the moment because everyone's doing such an incredible job and we've heard some of the most incredible stories yeah. um, mm. in case studies come out the last few months. Yes. As you yes. Have had it and let's not, let's not lose let's not lose that in the future. Let's not let let's not let us sort of go back to, to an old way. Let's, let's sort of maintain that momentum. It would be really really powerful, won't it? So so let's move on to what we're really supposed to be talking about today, um, which is um how consumer trends are impacting employee behaviours. And this is really one of your one of your areas of insight, isn't it? And I wonder, Mark, perhaps you could just kick off by explaining how it how do you go about exploring um, what is going on in the consumer world and then and then thinking about what the impact of that is as far as in, uh, the inside uh, in terms of internal comms is concerned. Indeed, yeah. I mean, this is a recently new phenomenon. I mean, five years ago, we didn't really care much about what was happening <laughs> in consumer comms, um, you know. Uh, and then suddenly it was very obvious that because consumer comms um, and consumer tools were much better. The UX was much better than the, uh-huh. what we had inside the organisation. Um, people and managers, in particular, were just deferring to them. They, they were just starting to use them. And so, I remember the first time we, we ran a story about Twitter. Um, you know, when it just came out and it was our editor in New York who said, you really should look at this Twitter thing. I thought that's got nothing to do with us, you know. And yeah. and very clear that um, it's so important that what has been learnt in the external. A world, not just in terms of tools and technologies, but also in ways of working, is now mm. being applied internally, uh, big time. So we run news stories all the time on what's happening in consumer tech. We obviously have our 7,000 readers, and they tell us what's going on, um, and then we have our, our, our hundreds of members as well. So um, you know, it's it's the the gap between the two, external and internal, is so fuzzy now, uh, and I'm quite proud of the fact that. Finally, you know, Microsoft, for instance, now has products which are as good for the enterprise as we've seen externally um, uh, mm. for consumers. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, well, you know, it's, it's music to my ears, that's for sure. I've been banging on about this for <laughs> far, far longer than I care to remember. So it's, it's great. I mean, because people, people don't stop being consumers. They don't, don't stop responding the way that they do externally the minute they get into the workplace do they wherever mm-hmm. that workplace now no, is not at all. Um, so how do you t- tell us a little bit Lisa then about the simply trends uh, approach how, you know, what, what do you do because this is this is where you draw that insight isn't it whether where you capture this insight yeah absolutely and as Mark said you know there's that there's there's such a blurred line between external and internal um, it would be remiss of us to think about 
what we do just within the organisation. And it's certainly something that how I fell into employee engagement was I used to work on corporate crisis and issues management. And Mm -hmm. as you'll be very familiar with, Joe, you know, employees were always a second or third audience, if that. If that, if that. If that, if that, quite. Um, and nine times out of ten, the issue of crisis has come from within the organisation. So anyway, did some thinking around that. But actually, where we where we where we kind of landed is, and, and this was, you know, before COVID, we'd we'd started planning our trends report. Was looking at that combination between consumer trends that you talked about and employees and also the role of technology on the in the in all of this um mm-hmm. so what we do is we look at um consumer meta trends that are out there so from the likes of mckinsey gartner you know, the big the big thinking trends that are affecting us politically socially economically technologically and so forth mm-hmm. we then take a look at uh, what's affecting businesses either based on the consumer trends but also based on business critical issues yes and then we also grab data from our own community and our members and our readers and we shine a real lens and looking at where the intersection between all those three pieces of data uh, mm-hmm. are coming together and what that means for us as internal communicators and employee engagement specialists because by understanding that wider ecosystem we can then start to think about how it applies to us in our roles now but also what are the trends that are likely to be coming down the line sort of mm. well two weeks even that's how quickly we're seeing things change at the moment two weeks three yeah. months six months um keeping trying to help our community as they keep a finger off the pole on the pulse rather than being so reactive um trying to move us all into a more proactive board position right right i mean certainly the, 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 the pace of change has just been phenomenal isn't it and then so oh my can goodness I, it? can i ask you just um it, it, perhaps just to give us a little bit of a thumbnail about what each of these trends are um, and, yes. then, and then as we go through that, think about well, what are the implications of those then if I'm an internal comms practitioner listening? Absolutely. So we've got, a, for our last report, we had six key meta trends. Um, I'll okay. go through each of these now briefly and then we perhaps we can come back to them and talk about them in more detail. Um, yeah. And also thinking about what, where we're going next. So first and foremost, probably won't surprise any of you, it's around frictionless mobility. And the trend here is around the fact that the pace of change in the last three months has accelerated the pace of internal digital communication beyond anything we could have fathomed even three months ago. And decisions are being made quickly, um, decisions to introduce new technologies in two, three years' time have happened in the pace of weeks. But what yes. people want to know is how can we introduce a technology which is adaptable to whatever is thrown at us and wherever we are based. So this idea of so being mobile wherever we are, through whatever mm-hmm. means, um, mm-hmm. is, is absolutely critical at the moment. And that won't be as many surprises, but certainly came through loud and clear in our research. Right. The second one is, a, is around shared moments. Um, and I really mm-hmm. like the sentiment behind this because this really talks about, about to us on an, an individual level. Um, no man is an island, and communities inside and outside of the workplace have been created and strengthened by perhaps there was no link previously. And technology has been this link. You know, we've got to know people on such a personal level um, by seeing the inside of their homes, their lifestyles, their kids. I mean, goodness knows my children frequently make guest appearances <laughs> on call. All the time. Um, <laughs> my 
my youngest is quite notorious these days. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is this well-known <laughs> member of the uh, Simply Communicate family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's on the <laughs> um, but this idea of you know shared and even just thinking about the you know the communities that we build. I don't know about you, but we had a street WhatsApp group once lockdown was announced. Mm-hmm. Previously, I didn't know half of my neighbours. Now we kind of we've got this whole in it together. We'll get through this. We'll succeed. And there's something really special in that where perhaps it wasn't there before. Absolutely, and I think you're right. I mean that whole interconnectivity that we used to, you know, we 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 once we had a professional self, we had a a, a home mm. self, we had a personal self. Actually, right. What's become very clear is that all of these things are interlinked, and and from an, a business and organisational perspective, their place in the community that they within which they operate as well has become very, you know, has had a light shone on it, really, hasn't it? And it's this sense that we're not, we aren't, as you as you say, we're not. Islands and this interconnectivity is 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 has really come to the fore, hasn't it? Absolutely, and you know, again, thinking about how we are in in organisations, you know, for colleagues who've been furloughed, you know, those who are still in the business. So again, we're hearing about this fact that you know we want to make sure that they're okay. We're looking after them. Um, we know more about them, so let's make sure they feel part of them. I'm sure your LinkedIn feed's been full as well of packages that have been sent out to, to employees who aren't in the business at the moment, Absolutely. just to make sure that they know that they're being thought of. So yes. again, this sense of community is so powerful, and it's not something that you know it's not a, a construct of of an imagination. It's a very real, powerful tool, um, mm. and I think it would pay for us to make sure that we we keep hold of it. Um, long after we've returned back to the workplace and whatever guys that might look like. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The third trend is digital dexterity. Now, this is actually a Gartner term, but it encapsulated it so perfectly. Why change it if it works? And the trend here for us is around the ability and desire to exploit existing and emerging technologies for better business outcomes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're using technologies very quickly in very new ways. You know, I've spoken, we've worked with businesses who didn't have Microsoft Teams or, or have heard of Zoom three months ago, they've yeah. now been thrown and thrust upon them. Um, so, you know, the behaviours that people are forming now with this sort of level of technology are going to stick. So yeah. for us as internal communicators, we've got quite an important role here around making sure that people have got the right skills to use them in a way that's right, not only for them, but also for the organisation. Yes. So that might look, that might be training, or it might be, you know, guidance on what's acceptable behaviours and on not acceptable behaviours. You know, classic social media challenges that you might have seen. So yeah. again, this ability to, um, you know, bring that technology together, um, but done in a way that's sustainable and in the right way is going to be really critical. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The next yeah. one. Next. Is, next. <laughs> Definitely my favourite one, and it's no place like home. Um, you know, new habits that have been formed now will stick, and experiences which were out of our reach before will form part of our desire for balance and order in our lives. Now, I know I saw a great piece of research from the CIPD a couple of months ago, which said, which there was a great statistic around, I think it was 80-odd percent of people don't want work to go back to how it was. Uh-huh. This concept is the fact that, you know, you can see into, as we talked about briefly earlier, um, you can see into my lifestyle. I, I've always been a very passionate advocate of, of working parents. Um, and 
for once, I feel like I can actually talk about that. I don't have to hide the fact that I have children or they're screaming yeah. in the background, blame the neighbours, kids. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's absolutely accelerated the shift in homeworking and the shift in balance between home and life. So I think yes. we have to try and embrace that where we can, but not blur mm. the lines. Mm. Keep that mm. sense of distinction between home and work so we don't feel as though we're going to have an impact on um, health and well-being, which is yes. the next trend. Right, so, okay. Yeah. Exactly. So the next trend is all around, well, we, we called it hyper-personalised experiences, but this absolutely taps into health and well-being. And again, mm. it comes down to the fact that we've, we've got to know people at a very individual level. Um, so, but with that, there also comes, there needs to come some understanding and level of concern around what this means. You know, do people feel safe and comfortable with the fact that their bosses can see into their homes? You know, if you're living in a shared accommodation or on your own and perhaps your house is falling down or, you know, what's the perception of that to your colleagues? How do you manage that? And how do you make sure that how you present yourself in the workplace is upheld in, with how you are at home and there's no sort of blurred lines between mm-hmm. there. So people really want to be spoken with and engaged at a very personal level. Now, they want, they want you to recognise them for who they are. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Yes, and the final one is around trust. Right. Um, challenges, and really this, you know, this comes up time and time again, doesn't it? But you know, the challenges around trust extend far beyond leadership and employers. Um, and it's actually the relationship. It's actually talking more around hygiene and security. So mm-hmm. we've seen a shift in trust in employer and employee. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. people now, as we do think seriously about how we return to the offices, how can we trust that the right mechanisms in place for me to go back safely where my health is not going to be compromised? So, yes. you know, how are you cleaning the environment? How is it being prepared for our return? How are you going to make sure that anyone who is at risk is protected? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, these are, these are all very current, real challenges that our community are really trying to deal with at the moment. Um, And I think we're going to see that grow even further, certainly as I'm working on the next report around cybersecurity and trust, Mm -hmm. especially if people are using their own technologies or their own own hardware, should I say, their own laptops. How Mm -hmm. do we know that the information that they're accessing through their home laptop is safe and secure? They're not being compromised. They've got the latest, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The latest firewalls and, and security stuff. We need to make sure that we can we can make sure that our employees are trusted, feel trusted okay. in terms of the technology that you're using, the people that they're working with. So those are the six trends that we're seeing. Excellent. I think that it's really interesting because you can, I can absolutely see, and anyone listening, I'm sure, would absolutely understand that that they can they can sort of re- respond to that and think about that as individuals as consumers but actually yeah they 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 do impact upon our life in the workplace don't they so six six what you're calling um uh, meta trends there um mm-hmm. what what are the kind of key implications for an internal comms person i mean they're not necessarily taking each one in turn but just pulling out some of the some of the sort of real important themes that that and in terms of implications there mark perhaps you can um, thank you though yeah i think i mean 
the fifth one there, hyper-personalized experiences. Now, this is going to be really important. Now, we know how, you know, Facebook and Google knows everything about you. It's completely revolutionized advertising. Well, the same thing is happening internally. So uh-huh. as we go back to work, obviously different regions, different areas, different um, legal systems will require different sets of instructions to people. Um, and that means that IC can now personalize your communications in terms of back to work to those individuals and, and to those teams and units. But yes. equally, from a point of view of leadership, this has got a, a real implication because leaders understand now that people can work from home and you know that flexibility actually can add to productivity. But they still in their bones feel not <laughs> sure if they're giving me that full value. I'm not sure they're giving me the nine to five uh, hours. Yeah. And so one of the problems of hyper-personalization, or one of the features is that we can now track what you're doing when you're on the platform we know what what's working what's getting through and what's not getting through so i think companies have got to be very careful and i see departments have got to be very careful they get the best of this which is tracking campaigns and messages and also listening obviously to people and feeding that back up the chain to bosses that's Uh that's the good side of it the flip side of it is any company that thinks this is a great way to keep tabs on employees and control them because, mm-hmm. you know, as we know from 1984, that is just not going to work. People will yes. absolutely be turned off. Yes, and there is that fear, isn't there, that, that suspicion, which I guess that obviously feeds into the, the sixth, the sixth um, uh, trend with, around trust. And they, yeah. these, these mm-hmm. things are interconnected, aren't they, really? But, but yes, Correct. I mean, individuals, it's going to be such a difference, isn't there, between individuals, some of whom want to, desperately want to get back to work because they're they're currently trying to work from home and they've actually got nowhere that's separate from their living space and Mm. their you know their laptops on their knee and it's just awful um and then you've got others who've got perhaps vulnerable people in their household who are going to be particularly wary about getting on a public transport and going into the office and worried about what they might bring back and everything so there is a definite need isn't there in terms of treating people individually which is always at the heart of proper employee engagement anyway but it's just going to become even more important exactly and I think just to build on that if I may I think one of the things that I'm concerned with at the moment this is something that we're looking more into is where we've got lots of businesses who are planning to work more remotely or lose their offices altogether Uh how are they going to make sure that there's no further division or gap between existing audience groups if you want to call it that within their within the businesses so for example you've know, got a cohort of interns or graduates who are coming in who yes. aren't able to build that face-to-face relationship um, mm-hmm. or you know go back to the point of just basic things like making sure they've got the right hardware you know a fast enough laptop to cope with all the million teams or zoom calls that we're doing these days but how are we how can we carefully make sure that those relationships are built and crafted and maintained um, around purpose, the purpose of the business. So mm-hmm. there is a rise in purpose-driven organisations and how we bring that to the fore as well. So that, that's certainly something that we're seeing in this, this next wave of our trends. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I mean, one of the things that has been a recurring, a recurring challenge in, in so many organisations in recent years has been, please help us to create a culture that breaks down our silos. You know, there, there's... A, it's all, it's a, a constant refrain mm. and we've got to be very very careful that end up creating even more silos with people 
some of whom are still working from home, some of whom are only in on a Monday and Tuesday, yeah. and then this group are in on a Wednesday and a Thursday, or whatever it might be. It, it is a real risk of that, isn't there? And, and that's where technology is going to come in, and, and if it's used properly yeah. um, to to try and, um, and maintain that engagement with very dispersed workforces. It's presenting you know, yeah. a whole new set of challenges, isn't it? Yeah, the trouble is, Joe, is that technology can only do so much. And so yes. what we're going to have is we're going to have the hybrid situation whereby people, some people will be coming back to the offices, maybe they'll be doing three days a week, but meetings will be split. They'll be hybrid between those working from home and those working in the office. And we actually know that that mix doesn't work particularly well. You know, you, you're always going to be the second-class citizen if you're, <laughs> if you're coming in. If you're yeah. dialing in, equally, if you're leading the meeting, the people who are dialing in are probably multitasking. So yeah. I think we've got a big, big challenge ahead of us in terms of governance, training, and you know, just, just encouraging certain behaviours that will make that hybrid model work. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Hard work needed to make that happen. And we've got um, a minute left. These shows always fly by. Can I just perhaps turn to you, Lisa, to close, which is to say, if we're looking ahead, if we're looking to the future, what's the, what's the one thing that you think is, is really going to be driving success for internal comms people in the future? I think it's that old buzzword, agility. Um, and, but agility in the sense of being able to listen, adapt, and react mm-hmm. at okay. faster, speedier times than we have done before. Right. So we've, we've shown what we can do in the last few months. And Absolutely. we just want to put it on steroids and do even more. But do it right. Do it, do it right. right. Yes. We, yes. Yes. We, had, we uh, had to change very quickly, but we have to do it right and take a step uh-huh. and take, take stock and take a step back and see, okay, how does this align with where we want to go as a business? Excellent. Lovely. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Mark Wright, uh, founder of Simply Communicate. Lisa Pantelli, head of content and community community communicate. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you both for being with us and goodbye. Thank you. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.